fantasy football hustler back at you and oh yeah bringing the idp heat and we're bringing the rookie heat before we get into bringing on our special guest backstage got to remind everybody subscribe on youtube fantasy football hustler and if you didn't hear about the giveaway we got a 420 giveaway that is going down it's for patreon members who are already signed up and if you are not in you're not signed up on patreon go get signed up Right now, patreon.com slash FFHustler420 or go to fantasyfootballhustler.com. It's the top link. But here is the mini helmet. So we got three options that the winner is going to be able to choose from. Sorry, you can kind of see through it because it's the Dolphins green. And I got the green screen up here. But got it with the Ricky Williams with the 420 stamp on there. Also got a Saints ball, football that we're that it could be in the mix. Um, also got a 420 on there and also got a Ricky Williams jersey. So got three things. It's going to be winner's choice. Go get signed up. Patreon.com slash FF Hustler 420. Now, without further ado, let's get him on here. My man, Bob Van, the IDP man. He's bringing that game. It's all about the game. I know you're playing. It's all about I have intro music now. <laughs> Superstar. I love it, man. That's awesome. No, I'm I'm already always ready to come talk some IDP with you guys. Uh or you talk some rookies. And can I just say I just love that giveaway. Always on brand for you. Um, sticking with the Ricky Williams gear and all that. So I'm ready to chop it up. Um, ready to get going. Hell yeah. So we already broke down um, the top 10 linebackers for Bob um, a couple weeks ago. If you didn't see that, go check that out. It's on YouTube. I got my series defense wins championships. You can go just to my channel page, click on that. Literally every IDP video that we've done is on there. In this video, we are going to be breaking down the defensive backs. I'm excited because I don't track them too much. So I'm ready to pick your brain here. I'm just going to go off of the list that you gave me. Um, you can kind of tell me where they fit in amongst uh, your top guys. But let's go ahead and sure. start off with, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Talanoa Hufanga, I believe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Um, I know I'm pretty dang confident it's Talanoa Hufanga. could be a couple of different ways. But he gets point for name originality, and I think he's a great player. Um, he graded out really well in terms of points per game production. Um, if you follow me on Twitter at Bob Van underscore IDP, um, I've been dropping a lot of uh, college production in IDP one two three scoring um, points per game basis, and he graded out really well. Um, he graded out as the number one safety prospect actually at uh, nineteen point three points per game. Uh, pretty awesome for a safety. Obviously, we don't know if that translates, but I have done some research looking at. Uh, uh, safeties nowadays in the NFL veterans that did really well in college. And there is some track there to it that, uh, that does track to the NFL. He's a guy, you know, he's a bigger body. He profiles more as a linebacker. He's about six two two thirty, 230. Uh, so he's a big boy. I believe he's actually bigger than uh, Jeremiah Usu Koromola. Um, I could be wrong. Who is a linebacker in this class? One of the top linebackers in the class. Um, but no, he's, he's a great player, great tackler. Um, I don't see a lot of flaws in his game. Um, you know, he probably profiles more as like a Jeremy Chin type that'll play down in the box, uh, more than a free or a cover guy. Um, but Hey, that's tackles are valuable in IDP. Um, and like I said, I, that grading, you know, far and above the best, uh, safety prospect in this class. Nice. And we like those box safeties. I mean, it's not that the free safeties are bad necessarily. You got guys like Jesse Bates, got guys like uh, um, Justin Simmons, you know, who are just studs. But the box safeties, the guys who might, you know, get in the backfield for a tackle for loss or a safe uh, sack. Um, was he a guy who was getting really any sacks? Were they getting him in the backfield at all? 
I think he was a tackle for lust guy, but not a sacks guy, if I remember correctly. I don't think he had a lot for sack production. I think he had like two in his three-year career, three-year college career, two or three years. Um, but he did have a significant amount of tackle for loss. I believe that's where a lot of his production came from was tackles for loss. So yeah, was, I saw him making impact, play. He was impacting the game in some way. It wasn't necessarily sacks, but he was he was doing work. Yeah, and I saw him doing – I mean, making plays on the ball for interception, um, some fouls in there. And that was what I was going to ask. Is he someone who could get moved, you know, to linebacker or something just because – he, he is a big boy. Yeah, he, he absolutely has a size. I mean, you see him if you clicked on the thumbnail. He's the, the guy on the left, I believe he was. And he's a big dude. I mean, he's built like a truck um, for a safety. He's, he's huge. I mean, there's no denying that he could at least at minimum play that box safety down roll. But, you know, having him play weak side or outside, I think there'd be no issue. Like I said, he's around 230. He might have weighed in a little lower at his pro day or when he uh, he might have been at the senior bowl. I don't remember which. But uh, I believe he weighed a little than 230 was his official measurement on Draft Network, I believe, when I first looked him up. Um, obviously, that fluctuates a little bit. It's not going to be super accurate right away. But, uh, no, he's somebody that I could see easily uh, translating a linebacker. I think he'll get drafted as a safety and he'll play that way. Um, which is a little concerning to me that if he does stay and he's at that weight, you know, I think he profiles better as a linebacker personally, but it's all about how teams want to use these guys, you know, at the end of the day. Yep, that's for sure. What up, Justin? Showing up in the building. I like it. Now, where do you think he goes um, as far as like uh, in the NFL draft? Second round guy? He. He's a guy I see more three four the day two three fringe honestly just because okay. he's from he's from a smaller school safety is not a huge you know look at position especially if you're not a cover guy um, so for me I think day three or early day three late day two is kind of where you could see him but if he goes to a place where he's in an immediate comp or immediate starting consideration he's worth it he. If you have value in this, nobody's really talking about him. Uh, I think he he's around my uh, he's in my top five safeties. I'm not sure exactly where he lines up, but he's he's up there just based off his production alone. You can't ignore it. Uh, his tape, I wouldn't call him the most athletic guy out there. You know that big body, that box safety personality is something I really enjoy. Um, so yeah, man, I I'm really curious to see where he ends up on draft day or draft days, draft week, whatever. Makes difference for sure. Now, how about uh, getting into the next guy here, Richie Grant out of UCF? I, I liked his tape. I, I want to say his out of everybody's, I think I like the most. Yep. Richie Grant is arguably the best safety in this class. Um, uh, his his uh, football IQ is top notch. You know, he, the way he reads the quarterback and reads the play. Um, one play I reference or go back to, I I really wish I remember which team he was playing, but uh, he he's spying the quarterback. He's playing deep deep center field safety basically, and he goes back. He's covering to his left while a corner is uh, covering a wide receiver on his right wide receiver. And for whatever reason, before the quarterback even goes to think about throwing the ball. Richie Grant just tears back to his opposite side. He flips his hip and just tears and goes and make it, makes it an interception on the play before the quarterback even throws the ball, essentially. Um, and headiness like that is going to be something that's really valued at the NFL level. Um, I don't think he's a strong tackler. He's he's a little scrawny frame-wise. Um, he's not a guy you want to match up against Derrick Henry, uh, but he is a willing tackler. And at the free safety position, that's something, you know, if you're not going to be a strong tackler, you at least need to be willing uh, to come run support. And that was something I liked in his game that, um, you know, kind of Trayvon Morig, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, he was a little more willing to come up and make a stop if he needed to. Um, but his his ball skills, he is he's one of the premier ball hawks in this in this class. Um, it's a very big ball hawking class, not as much of a smash mouth safety class as normal, or as we've seen in the past. Um, but yeah, he's he's a ball hawk. He's and like I said, his football IQ really stood out to me personally. 
So, I mean, the big thing that I saw, so I, I assumed he was more of like a free safety guy. So, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you already kind of said that because yeah. it seemed like he was, I mean, just the way he said it, literally playing center field. He made some of these interceptions. I mean, it looked like he was the wide receiver on the play. He was just putting himself yep. into like perfect position. And I like the fact that he's a guy who seems like he could really go up and get it. Like he was getting some of those interceptions, like really at the high point. I don't know who he was playing, but I saw one where he caught it like in the end zone, like amongst, you know, a sea of offensive and defensive guys. And he was just the guy who went up and hawked it out of everybody. Yep, he is. He's absolutely that type of player. Um, and like I said, out of all these guys, I don't know. When it comes to IDP value, fancy value, it's tough to say. You know, free safety is always kind of a toss-up. He, he's going to be more reliant on those big plays. But like I said, the fact that he's willing to come up and make tackles, he'll at least have somewhat of a reputable floor, especially if he's starting early. He's a guy I could see go day one, as early as day one, honestly. I think he's very well loved by the draft community and uh, NFL draft community. Um, if not day one, day two, I think there's no way he makes it to day three, personally. Um, but yeah, no, I did a prospect I like. Well, I did see him kind of improving. I mean, it looked like improv. You know, to me, did did you see do, him doing that on, like, a lot of tape where he was totally not covering a guy and then, like you said, in that oh, one yeah. where he felt his instincts, went to make the play? Yeah, he he's, he's not a guy – I mean, he'll stick to the play to an extent, but when he feels something, he trusts his instinct and he goes. Um, and, you know, that's something you can't really teach at the NFL. You can teach, you know, play rec to an extent, like just having that innate feel – especially at the level he's at, that's at, at his age. I, you know, he's a younger player, super young by any means, but, you know, just that he's able to already have that innate feel for where the quarterback's going to go with the ball. It says a lot about him. I'm not going to lie. The comp that I was thinking about was Troy Palomalo. Like just when I'm looking at his tape, not necessarily for just like laying the wood on someone, but where it seemed like sure. he was just improving on a lot of plays. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't hate that as, as at least as a personality archetype. If you want to see Troy Palomalo in this class, though, uh, go look up Grant Stewart out of Houston. Um, he's a linebacker, but he's got the Troy Palomalo hair, and uh, <laughs> his his play style is very similar. And he, he graded well too, but he's not a guy who made our list. But yeah. uh, but no, I mean for for Richie Grant, like I said, I I like him. I see him day one, day two of the latest. Um, safe end isn't something that's super, you know, valued highly in the draft process. Right. Um, you see very few safeties go day one, um, most day two, day three. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he, en he ends up, honestly. I'm, uh, I'm curious to see. Yeah. Wink and Willie, what up? What up to the 420 crew? <laughs> All right. So the next guy we got in here. So, uh, Jamar Johnson. At Indiana, tell me about him, Jamar Johnson. Um, and I think part of it's because nobody's really talking about him. Um, I was on a IDP Nation last night, and uh, me and uh, me and uh, Kyle uh, Kbell fifty four um, just went off. You know, just a major gush session over the guy. Um, his football IQ for me at safety is the top in the class. Um, the way he navigates to the ball is uncanny and the one college game that i really watched in its entirety this year um was indiana versus ohio state and okay. the guy was playing head games with justin fields and that to me was like wow like these two were playing chess the entire game it looked like to me at least and uh, i believe he had two interceptions that game i think he had a sack that game um and he was he was really making justin fields have a tough day um, Justin's got the last laugh. I believe they won that game. Um, but man, and my biggest knock with him is his tackle ability. Um, he's not a strong tackler, um, which sucks because I think he profiles as more of a strong safety, but his, his tackle ability, man, is rough. Um, he makes his hay on, but I mean, he's a guy who he'll blitz the court. He'll make those tackles. I said, he's, he's super heady. Um, in terms of, like I said, navigating the ball through uh, traffic and all that, um, taking the right angles, but he just when he gets to the guy, he just kind of like short arm short arms him, 
know, he doesn't like actually go get the guy, doesn't try to wrangle him to the ground or go for his legs or anything. Granted, that's coachable, um, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, it's like you'd really like to see that right away. If if that were the case, he 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 is my full disclosure. Um, but man, I don't think there'd be any question in this class if he could really tackle effectively. Uh, but the the way he you know makes plays in the backfields, he's a disruptor. Um, to be honest, I was pretty unimpressed with this safety class, at least from a fantasy standpoint, um, before I got turned on to Jamar Johnson. And the reason I wasn't on him sooner was I thought he was coming out next year. Because um, uh, right away when I was junior, I believe so. And uh, I could be wrong. I, I might have just misread when I was reading up on him originally. But uh, he was a guy, like I said, when I was watching that Indiana-Ohio State game, I'm like, who's that guy? I want, I want that guy. And that's, that's the same feeling I had when I saw Jeremy Chin play. That's the same feeling I had when I saw Taylor Rapp play. Now Taylor Rapp wasn't great last year. He was battling injury all year, but you know, these guys were awesome tacklers, players. Chin is a absolute bona fide stud. Um, And the fact that I had that same feeling, that same gut instinct that I'm like, this is the guy that's, you know, for me, that was damn near enough. Then I looked into his film more and, you know, like I said, the only knock I really had on him was his uh, his ability to tackle. Um, a lot of people are going to get on him for his athletic, his, his athletics. He's not. I think he ran like a four, five, eight, forty, which at safety you'd like to see a little faster. But the thing is, I think he makes up for it with his head, his football IQ. Like I said, the angles he's taking, he's not having to be that fast. And granted, you know, I don't think uh, Jamal Adams is that fast of a player either, and he does just fine. Um, but like I said, making those big plays in the backfield, making tackles for losses, chasing down runners from behind on, you know, stretch play and arounds, whatever you want to call them. So I'm, I'm big on Jamar Johnson. Um, and I'm absolutely okay with being the only guy big on Jamar Johnson, um, or at least big enough to have him at DB1. But, uh, yeah, what, what were your thoughts? Did you get to look up much on him? So, I mean, I liked what I saw. I mean, it was a lot of, uh, my, like you said, I didn't see him making too many tackles. I mean, a lot of the guys who I was watching, it seemed like it was all like interceptions, like what, what I was seeing. So I don't know if, I mean, obviously that's like, you know, one of the coolest, you know, things that you can do. But um, I guess I was a little bit more disappointed that there wasn't more like highlights of big tackles or things like yeah. that. But maybe like there I wasn't said, that he- many. That- <laughs> Like I said, I think I think because so my process is I usually watch, you know, four to five games, and then I want to see their highlight film. I want to see all their best plays in order. A lot of people say don't watch highlight film, and I'm like, get out of here with that noise. Like I want to see the best player can be. I want to see them at their high points. And are their high points really stuff that they did, or are they things like oh a ball was tipped in the air and they happened to be near it and caught it. Yeah. Um, did the quarterback fall down and they went and tagged him, you know, stuff like that. Like, okay, that's not a real sack. That's not a real pick. Um, so I want to see like the best this player has to offer. And if it actually, you know, fits the hype of what I want. And Mar Johnson's highlight film was garbage. Um, <laughs> you know, these tackles that they're, they're just these half-assed tackles. And like I said, it's a huge knock on him, but like, I just love the headiness in his game. And I think that's something that you can, you know, fix here. Is there tackling, if anything? Um, but you can't really beat in instincts, ball IQ. That stuff's a lot harder to train as opposed to, hey, tackle him this, opposed to like this, you know, whatever the case is. So those are my thoughts on him. I'm high on him. Like I said, I I don't care. I like him too much to not him at db1 um i might advise against drafting him as db1 uh, depending on his landing spot and his draft capital but yeah. like i said i love the player he was a guy that popped to me um in terms like i said his, his ball iq and all whatnot well i almost want to go watch that game did you said ohio state versus um uh versus indiana yep. where he was kinda, him and justin fields were kind of you know having a little chess match going on because that is, that is pretty cool if he's like literally changing the way that the quarterback has to play his game and um they Ohio State did have the last laugh. They did win 42 to 35. It looks like they scored yep. 14 in the fourth quarter. Or no, no. Um, 
they just went up. It looks like uh, Indiana was was scoring until the end, but Ohio had that uh, twenty one point uh, second quarter too much to overcome. That'll do it. That's pretty cool, though. That that's a cool story that uh, he was in Justin Fields' head because uh, I mean Justin Fields ended. I mean they ended up winning that game, but. I'm looking for those little things. I got to look for the negatives too, because I know in college there's so many positives with these guys who yep. are just that much better than everybody else. Yep, yep. Tackling, like I said, is going to be his biggest red flag to me. I mean that it's it's bad, honestly. But like I said, I he's still he's still racking up stats. It's not like he didn't have tackles, so it could just be that we're seeing a lot of the bad ones. Um, you know, because it is. I will say all the film I found on him, like. You know, it's not like that really nice film where it's like, hey, here's the player you're looking at. You know, it was like, oh, I got to go find him and then try to rewatch the play. And it's like, it, it's tough finding good film on safeties to begin with. Um, it was tough to find stuff on him. So I'm sure there's good tackles in there and bad. Just consistent with um, that. And if he can show the big tackle plays from time, that gives me hope he can figure out his uh, figure out his and, uh, and get better. Like he said, that's a big knock for me. Yeah, you got to be able to wrap up, especially in the NFL. That'll be a big knock for any team if he doesn't learn that. Yep. All right, next guy on the list, Paris Ford out of Pitt. I'm not a fan, man. He's, uh, I just, I don't know what it was for me with his film. I don't know. I think he's kind of, uh, he looks kind of lanky to me. Um, real, he's like six, two. I want to say he's only like one, one ninety, uh, weight wise. He's not, he's not a big guy, but he, he profiles as a strong safety. He's not a free, um, with the way he played at Pitt. Um, yeah, he's, he's put up by interceptions. He had a lot of those past defenses. He was a, he was kind of a ball hawk, but like I said, the way he plays is very, you know, he wants to come up and hit somebody in the mouth. Like, that's how he wants to play. And that's usually what I like in a player, but I just feel like every play he's going to get hurt. You know, it just – and, and, like, that's a dumb narrative, And I, but it's like I do feel that way with him. Like, he leads with his head to tackle. Um, go ahead. Well, I mean, look at someone like um, Jonathan Abram. You know, I mean, he gets sure, hurt all the right. time just because of the way that he tackles and throws his body yep. with kind of reckless abandonment. So that – Bob Sanders, like, was one of the best safeties ever. Couldn't yeah. stay healthy because of the way he just threw his body at people. So, no, I think I, in today's NFL, as easy as it is, you know, for a defensive player to make a tackle the wrong way and injure himself, um, I don't know. That That is kind of big in my mind. Yeah. I, I just – that was a big red flag for me. I don't think he's a bad tackler outside of the way he tackles. Um, I mean, he gets the guy down, so kudos on that. But like I said, it just seems like he's always, always leading with the head. That's going to lead to penalties. That's going to lead to uh, you know, first downs when it should be fourth and fourth and whatever. Um, you know, extending drives for the offense, all that. Uh, I can't knock the production. He graded really well um, in my production uh, points per game. He was at 16.3. He was one of the top safeties. Um, so, again, it's like I'm not going to ignore the production he had. Um, because I can't, you know, you just can't ignore production. Sorry, it's there. You know, maybe he's not playing the best competition, but it's still there. I didn't like him on film. Uh, like I said, that's the biggest knock for me is I just feel like he's a lankier build and the way he throws himself around is just not super safe. And I think teams, that might be something teams take into, take into account is if you can't play safe and not hurt your own teammates in practice and stuff like that, <laughs> That's a huge thing. Those are, you know, those are the the guys that get sent home on the first day of training camp, you know. Yeah, where was he getting a majority of his points from? Were they from interceptions? I want to say yes. Um I believe I I wouldn't say it was a majority. It was probably a secondary stat behind tackles. Um mm -hmm. but just with how how heavily interceptions are weighted, um that's probably probably why. That was pretty much everything that I saw in his highlight film was just all interceptions. That was it. Yeah, he had a lot of them. And well, for me, a lot. I think a lot of his were those pop-up, you know, kind of lucky catches. I think. I could be wrong on that. I don't remember exactly if that was his case or not. Not a lot of them, but at least a few of them. I mean, it seems like everybody's, 
it seemed like everybody that I saw had a few of them, but yeah, he 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 was one that like literally all of his highlights were like interceptions that I saw. So yeah, he had he had a few of those for sure. Yeah. All right. How about getting into the next guy here? How do we say his name? Hamsa. Hamsa. Hamsa Naz Naziraldine. Naziraldine. At FSU. One of those. Yeah. yeah he's he's. He's an interesting case. He was, um, I believe he broke out as a freshman, if not as a sophomore, um, ended up ending that season with a, uh, I want to say a torn ACL, uh, missed all of that season, obviously, and then came back for the latter half of 2020 and was unable to finish the season. I think he was kind of rushed back, if I remember correctly. Um, so he already has kind of an injury knock to him. Uh, but he is he is the typical the prototypical smash metal safety in this class. Um, he is he's not a ball hawk. He's not a ball. He's not a coverage guy. He is the guy who is going to come up and smack you in the mouth. Um, he was one of my favorite safeties to watch uh, when I first got into film this season. Um, like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of that that smash mouth kick you in the mouth any way they can beat you up safety and that's him and he and he does it pretty well for his size he's a smaller dude um but i mean he broke out as a as a freshman playing he wasn't even playing full time and he had the i want to say the second most tackles on the team um as a like i said as a safety um he profiled very well he did well in tackles for loss um and i believe yeah he had a good solo to assisted tackle ratio um, so really what you want to see in a box safety, um, he did a lot of that. He did a lot of his damage around the line of scrimmage um, and had some cool interceptions. He had some really cool um, field IQ plays where he actually picked off Trevor Lawrence. Like I think Lawrence was either trying to throw it away or throw it like where only his wide receiver could shit. And Hamsa like, you know, tiptoed on the line and just reached out of bounds to grab it. And it was actually a pretty damn cool uh, highlight reel catch, um, which is not – like I said, he's not a pass defender guy, so it was kind of like, oh, he can do that too. Um, it was just kind of one of those cool, wacky plays where he he made an awesome play on the ball. Nice. And uh, I, I was wondering why I didn't see really any highlights from him from 2020. So it was cool that I did. You you answered that question for me, torn ACL um, in uh, 2019. I believe it. It, it might have been something else, but I, I know it was a lower knee injury or lower leg injury. I know that I could be wrong on the ACL, but I think that's what it was. So where does he kind of stack up um, with like the uh, with the NFL draft? Any kind of predictions on him? I think I think he's a day three pick. Um, I think he's round four, round five, probably. Um, and, and I think the injury is going to be a lot of it. I think the fact that like he's not a cover guy, um, he didn't really do himself any favors at the Senior Bowl. Um, when he played in that, he didn't really, he, he struggled or he did well against tight ends in coverage, but keep in mind, if you know anything about the tight ends that were at the senior bowl, they were not very good. Um, so take that, you know, as a grain of salt. Uh, but he got blown up by wide receivers all day at the, uh, in the practices. So he didn't do himself any favors there. And that was when he should have been fully recovered from whatever he was dealing with. Um, it does take usually a full, like full year removed. From the injury and that other year to be mentally prepared so it could still be a little lacking but the problem with that is the nfl doesn't care the nfl is not going to wait yeah um, the nfl is going to want to see production right away and if you don't you might not get a shot you know you might need an injury to get on the field um which sucks because i i think he was a great prospect but that injury really really could be something that knocked him knocks him out of the league um unfortunately yeah, and I mean, if you get injured in – I mean, Tua should have been number one overall, right? But he had that injury, so he even dropped to number five or whatever he dropped down to. So, yeah, it seems like anyone who gets injured in college, that uh, it's going to move you down no, I, just how much. Right, especially being that it was such a – with Tua and with Hamsa, you know, such catastrophic inju injuries and, like, you know, Tua's was a hip injury that was like significant or equivalent to like a car accident, not like a football play. Um, yeah. You know, so that was the real like red flag for him. I'm still not on the Tua train, just so everybody knows. Um, 
was nobody asked, but I don't like Tua. But moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. This is this is a guy who he's he's a big playmaker. Um, I wouldn't say that all of the plays are to his credit. Um, I think if there was anybody that was really lucky with like batted balls, tip passes that just happened to bounce his way, this guy super that his his profile is really awesome in that you know he was an all around playmaker. He was in every statistical category. He did a little bit of everything. Um, and that's what you want as an IDP player, especially from a safety. You want a guy who's getting forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, uh, pass defenses, interceptions, you know, the whole mixed pot. I don't think he had a lot of tackles for losses or sacks, um, which, but again, at safety, it's like, who cares? Um, yeah, fun fact Jamal Adams had like no sacks in college. So, yeah. and look at, you know, so it's like, it doesn't necessarily equate to your college or your uh, NFL. Uh, resume but you know he is that that gamer type who is a very you know an interesting prospect because I don't know how great he is at actual football outside of making those impact plays like I don't know if he has a great football IQ uh, personally Um, obviously he's going to be in the NFL so he's better than me but um, that's a different conversation but uh, you know to me he's such a I think he's a big boomer bust prospect to me um, and he's another guy that had an injury. I think um, he missed, I want to say he missed the end of his junior season or the 2019 season, and then he came back and played a partial season this last year. I believe I could be mixing those two up. But uh, it wasn't as significant of an injury. I think it was a meniscus tear, um, so not an ACL. But it was something that took him out of game action um, one way or another um, and hurt his production for the following season. He definitely dipped in his production. Um but man, like I said, he is one of those. He is a guy. He's a guy who will come up and kick you in the mouth too. He's a. He will come up, defend the run. Um, but again, the one concern with that is, you know, with not having tackles for losses, it's almost. To me, seeing that he doesn't play deep, you know, and that he's still not getting tackles for losses on running backs, you would think that if he was really football like and could read plays, he'd get those tackles for losses and all that. Yeah, and I'm looking on ESPN right now, and um, they, don't, they don't really have tackle for loss here. I don't know why. Um, but, yeah, he didn't have any sacks. Um, so 2020 was the year that it looks like um, was the year that he missed time. I mean, I don't know if he missed time in 2019 or not. You're saying he did and it carried over. I think the- it was at the end of the year and it carried over, I think. I could be wrong. It might have been in the preseason of um, – 2020 and then he played like the last five games or something like that i want to say um i could be wrong that was a funny comment being uh wrong being in the majority of people that are wrong on <laughs> uh, all right so are you saying that you're oh so you're saying he's okay um a lot of player a lot of good quarterbacks uh don't finish games so um that's something to think about but uh <laughs> moving on i'm i'm just giving him crap like i said i'm if he ends up being great i'll own up to it i ain't that way like cool i I don't see it, but it is what it is, you know. As of right now, uh, did you have anything else to add? On? No, no. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, time will still have to tell on too. It's not like anybody can. Uh, oh yeah, say he's that great just after his first season. Right. We shall see. We shall see. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm here for. Him. I, I want. Yeah, we. we We'll see what Miami does because they could just make him be the conservative guy again and just win off of their defense. I think their defense is that good. And who knows, what if they get a Micah Parsons or something and throw a curveball and not go for, like, Chase or something like that? That'd be nuts. That would be (laughs) nuts. That'd be amazing. I'd love it. All right. Trayvon, how do you say his last name? Morig? I think it's Merrig. Merrig Rig. I think I believe it's Merrig. Um, you know, this is the probably the a lot gonna be a lot of people's consensus at this one. Um okay, fine. But uh sorry, I'm getting distracted now. But uh back to Trayvon Morig Merrig. 
Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he's that prototypical free safety. You know, I comped him to Jesse Bates. Um, he's a guy who he's ball hawk. He's not a super willing run supporter. He will make tackles if needed if it comes to him, but he's not the guy who's going to be running up to the line from deep coverage. And, you know, obviously he's playing deep coverage, so it's hard to play. But he's not nearly as willing of a tackler to me as um, Richie Grant is, um, which if that doesn't carry over to the next level, that is kind of concerning for his uh, IDP output. But he's probably going to be, in terms of just his his coverage ability, his uh, range on the field and all that, he is going to be seen very highly by the draft community and all that. So, yeah. And <clears throat> where's he make? Where's he mixing? In? Is he a day three guy? It seems like a lot of these guys are. I don't. I don't know how many of these guys are going to crack the top two, top two rounds. Mary, Mary, Mary could honestly be a round one guy. Um, okay. He's if if there was a safety I was going to put in round one, it'd probably be Mary or Grant. Um, at towards the end of the first round, there's no like super premier safety that anybody needs to go get yet. Um, that'll be hindsight, but uh, I could see him, you know, like one of my favorite fits is 25 to Jacksonville, you know, build up yeah. that uh secondary that much more. Um, god, I wish I remembered some of my other good fits, but uh, you know, that to me, I think 25 that's you know, that's a that's where people will start looking at safety. Um, I could see somebody trading it back into the first at the end of the first to get up to grab him. Um, but again, like I said, safety isn't seen as a super, super high, uh, highly sought after position in the NFL draft. Um, usually a position that's covered up in day two or three more often than not. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's cool what you said, Jacksonville. I feel like they really go after, you know, one of these guys in like round two, round three. And it'd be cool to see you. I mean, one of these top safeties go there because Jack, I don't care about Trevor Lawrence going there. I still feel like their defense is going to be on the field a little bit more in their offense. And so more, you know, just instant IDP, you know, stud capability. If uh, one of these guys can actually uh, start right off the gate in week one. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Javon Holland out of Oregon. I'm I'm going to be a lot lower on Javon Holland than everybody else. I don't really know why. Um, you know, he's he's a ball hawk. He's not a great tackler. You know, again, like he's a, a lot of free safeties. This is a great class for free safeties. Um, and that's why well, that's another reason, you know, the value is going to get pushed back is, oh, there's still – we still have our five top free safeties on the board. Like, whatever. We'll wait, you know. So that's another reason why uh, – why there's a good chance that people get pushed back. Um, I will say he's probably going to be the NFL's consensus uh, S3. If I had a guess, yeah. he'll be, he'll probably be behind uh, Mary Grant and then it'll be Holland number three. If I had a guess. Um, yeah, man, Holland's game is solid. I, I don't really have any, he, he's kind of, to me, he's just kind of blah. Like he doesn't pop off the page to me. He has a lot of, uh, past defenses, and I think he's has a few interceptions, but you know, not a guy that I'm super excited about. Not a guy I'm going to walk away from my drafts with, um, unless you know maybe he gets a prime landing spot like Jacksonville. Um, you know, there's not a lot of teams looking for safeties right now, off the top of my head, um, that would really you know need a guy and need to start a guy today. Um, what are your thoughts on Javon Holland? <laughs> the biggest thing was that his tape was very, very boring. And I was like, just very, okay. very boring. I mean, wasn't special at all. Um, yeah, a couple interceptions here and there. And I don't know, man. I, I just, I, he wasn't jumping off the page to me. Like, I, if I, I get excited about guys who are making big plays and it just didn't seem like he had any plays that really jumped off the page for me. Yeah, so that's where I'm at too. All right, well, good. Now we know just uh, avoid him in our rookie drafts unless it's super late, or you pick him up as yeah. a free agent, maybe throw him in a taxi squad yeah. or something. Yeah, well, and and like I said, unless he goes to a spot where you know if he gets if he gets round two draft capital to a team that needs a safety, he's worth looking at. But to me, like 
I see him. He's a day two pick at the latest, I think. But like I said, not a lot of teams are going to be throwing this guy in the start right away. I don't think. I don't think he's that good personally. I know some are some are very high on him, and y'all go be high on him. Like Tua, go be high on him. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Now, how about Jacoby Stevens at LSU? Jacoby Stevens is one of my favorite stories because he's another position that is a converted position. He was a wide receiver for two seasons at LSU and then converted to safety. Um, so, you know, he's he's going to be a reasonably good catcher of the ball. I think that was his main profile was uh, pass deflections and interceptions. But his tackling was also really good, too. Um, he profiled um, 15 points per game, coming in at number 30 um, out of the top 100 IDP rookies in terms of game production using IDP 1-2-3 scoring at starters. That's a mouthful. But, uh, no, man, I like this game. He's a little scrawny. He's a little thinner build. But at safety, again, you know, you're not – I think he profiles as more of a free anyway. So it's not like – granted, safeties are – has to be built a little different these days. They want them all strong and fast. They don't want the the old lanky guys anymore. Um, but I don't know, man. It depends. He's. I think he's a day three pick. Unfortunately, um, the fact that he only started for two seasons um, after converting as a wide receiver or from a wide receiver, you know, that's probably going to be a red flag. The lack of. Um, I love you too, Justin. This this is good banter. Um, <laughs> But the fact that, you know, he was able to make that transition and still perform well to me, um, yeah, I like him a lot. But, again, I think he's day three, round four at best. Um, so it's tough for me to really want to invest in him. There's a pretty big teardrop off here in the safety class um, that goes from guys who are probably at least solid producers um, to guys who are really going to be landing spot dependent with good draft capital opportunity and all that that you're maybe going to be lucky to be looking at on your waiver wire after a couple weeks of injuries or, you know, people being shipped out of town, cuts, all that fun stuff. So Jacoby Stevens for me, like I said, I love it. And I think that's a lot of why I'm infatuated with him more than anything. Um, like I said, his film or his, uh, his production was good, that it was pretty spread out across the board. He wasn't, you know, super uh, fixated on one thing or another especially being so raw at the position. He had some good highlights, that's for sure. I mean, my the biggest thing, I mean, my takeaway was like, man, like I know he's going to be bulking up, you know, when you go into the NFL, like I'm sure everybody does. But, sure. yeah, he just looked really scrawny um, and very thin. And I know, like you said, you know, if he's playing free safety, maybe that doesn't make that, you know, big of a difference, but – I don't know. You got to be able to lay some wood on these wide receivers. Like you can't get bodied up by some of these, uh, you know, slot wide receivers that you'd probably be covering. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And like you said, I think, I think he bulks up. Like I said, the fact that he was a wide receiver for, I believe his entire football career up until 2019 or the, I think he made the switch in the middle of his 2018 season and then started the following season. So, I mean, the fact that he made the switch that quick and was it right away, to me, at LSU of all places, to me, that's something that warrants being looked at. You know, I think that's a kind of a big sign out of all the, you know, one of the best recruiting schools in the country, um, especially now, after, maybe not after Joey B left. But uh, <laughs> he was recruited there when Joey B was around. Um, I mean, they're a good program. You'd think that, you know, they know what they're doing. Granted, you know, same same argument. I'm lower on Jabril Cox and everybody um, at the linebacker position out of LSU. But I don't know. I'm uh, I'm curious to see his draft capital. I think it's going to be day three, day f or uh, round four at best. Um, but I'm really curious to see his landing spot and what the opportunity looks like there. I mean, draft capital is what's going to make the biggest difference for a lot of these guys, right? As far as like Absolutely. who we're going to think about drafting first. Absolutely. All right, last guy who you got on the list here, Caden Stearns out of Texas. Caden Stearns is the other Texas defender that you should be talking about besides Joseph Osai. Uh, I'm a big fan of Joseph Osai, but Caden Stearns, like, and and if you follow Joseph Osai on Twitter or Caden Stearns, you'll know that they, they're they big buddies. So they have a lot of respect for each other, each other's game. 
Um, and Caden Sturz was actually the captain of that defense for senior, senior and junior season, I believe. Um, his production was pretty good, not anything crazy, but he's that, you know, uh, prototypical strong safety type. You know, he's big bodied, but I think his coverage ability is pretty underrated. Um, he's he's one of the more under the radar guys that I'm watching. Um, I really want to see where he ends up in the draft. Nobody's really talking about him. Um, so, I mean, for me, again, you know, draft capital is going to be big. It's going to be huge, especially based on the opportunity we see following that. But, you know, I think he's being pretty undersold at the position right now. I think his coverage ability, like I said, is pretty solid. Tackling was fine. And the fact that he was a captain of that defense, that Joseph Osai, we all love Joseph Osai for the most part. You know, I'm a pretty big fan of Caden Stearns. How about you? What do you think? I, I didn't see too much on him, honestly. So I'm, I I watched a little bit of the tape, but he, you had him last on the list, and he was just like one of the last ones. So I didn't even get a chance to watch too much on him. Yeah, he he's lower for a reason, and that's you know the lower the lower production, quote unquote. But like I said, that that prototypical size, there's there's a good chance I think somebody, you know, and the reason he was low last time was because I think he gets probably the out of this list, probably drafted eighth out of the okay. players on this list. I think he goes uh, before Stevens, and hell, maybe he goes ninth. Yeah, I think he goes ninth. <laughs> Um, and that's, like I said, I, so I think that's going to be, you know, but who knows, we've seen later safeties do well, do okay. Um, but man, I, like I said, it's just something about his game, something about how he carries himself. Um, that really, you know, it's a little more of that less film, more context kind of guys that I like. Um, and like I said, I've always, the safety position has always been one that I've felt I've done really well with. Like I said, Jeremy Chin last year. Um, Taylor Rapp the year before, even though nobody liked Taylor Rapp that year, um, for the most part, in my understanding. Um, so, I mean, I really feel like that's one that, you know, I, I can kind of see, you know, you can kind of see players that you see, you see something pop on the film that you're like, that's an NFL wide or an NFL, uh, DB or DB or NFL safety. You know, those are the guys that, you know, I don't know. I tend to look into more and I have a little more faith in, um, that maybe more than I should, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, like you, like you said, you hit on safety's draft capital is so important. And, you know, one thing I heard is I wish I remembered who said it because I want to give them good credit, but somebody said draft capital is landing spot. You know, basically when a team drafts a player, they're saying, Hey, we're investing in you at this price. Um, you know, so second, first round pick is like, Hey, you're looked at as a huge part of our future. Second round, Similar, but there's usually maybe a little development. Maybe they're more of a depth piece to start out with. But, hey, we're still invested in you. Third round, kind of a similar feel, but, again, a little, you know, a little knockdown. Then you get into day three, and it's like now you're more looking at depth pieces, um, unfortunately. Um, depth pieces that have opportunity to start, um, you know, especially in fourth and fifth round. Six and seven, you're looking at depth long shot pieces that you hope pan out. Um but again, like I said, that draft, uh, landing spot is going to be huge for these guys, along with draft capital. Um, any of your uh, last thoughts on these guys? So, out of everybody that I saw, Richie Grant, he just looked like he was the best guy. So it's cool that I'm, that you said that he's being looked at as one of the best guys. His uh, his highlights just look like that to me. Um, so I'm really excited to see where these guys land and. Yeah, if a guy's drafted in the first round, maybe I'll give him a look, you know, in the rookie draft. Second round, you know, give him a look, depending if he's got a, you know, a, a potential way to get in there to start. But, yeah, anybody outside of the rookie rounds, um, for me, I, I just – I don't expect them to start. I know flukish things can happen. But, yeah, when it when it comes to fantasy, um, those are like taxi squad guys for me. Yep, yep, absolutely. That's – uh that's the way to look at it. You know, you can still like a guy and, you know, be cautiously optimistic or cautiously pessimistic if you want. Um, and that's all be with a lot of these guys, you know, like Caden Stearns. He's a guy that he's probably going to go round five and I'm going to be able to get him for free post draft. And I'll just tuck him on a taxi squad. Call it a day. Um, you know, I, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's, you know, you can like your guys and 
we'll get them for cheap. It's just a matter of getting those guys at the right price, even if you like them a lot. So. And you mentioned Taylor Rapp twice. I think this is the year that he finally breaks out. They got rid of John Johnson. He went over to Cleveland Browns. Uh, Taylor Rapp is set up to start. At least that's what I think as of now. So this might be that that breakout, you know, that we've been waiting for for three years. Yes, there's a good chance with um, it, it. It's interesting because they're they're going to have a new DC because um, uh, Brandon Staley went to coach across the dome uh, to coach yep. the Chargers. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy that defense if they stick to a similar scheme. I believe somebody was promoted from within um, under Staley to take over. I could be wrong there. Um, so you would think that they'll run a similar defense with um, they usually only run two linebackers with a strong safety linebacker play, or a strong safety playing like an outside linebacker, and that would be Rapp's role 100%. Um, his only competition in that uh, linebacker safety room hybrid would be Troy Reader and Micah Kaiser. Uh, Micah Kaiser, I'm not worried about. I wasn't a fan of him last year. Um, I wasn't a fan of Troy Reader either, but ended up being the guy who was really valuable on the stretch after Micah Kaiser went down. And even after Micah Kaiser went, came back, albeit from injury, albeit on a playoff run, um, Troy Reader was a guy who kept, kept starting snaps. Micah Kaiser played special teams, which is what he played when he came into the league as a fifth-round draft pick, if that. Um, so for me, like, you know, two stashes are guys you can go by. Troyer is one, I think, that is being severely underlooked. And then Taylor Rapp, like you mentioned, I think if there's a year that he's really going to break out, you know, last year he dealt with injuries more often than not. Um, it's going to be the Rapp and Fuller show this year. Um, and then I think they have a uh, safety they like by uh, Burgess, I think is, the, is his last name. I can't think of his first name. But uh, uh, Burgess, Burgess, um, he's a guy that, you know, maybe gets some reps. He was like a six-round pick last year, I think. Could be wrong again. But, uh, you know, this could be the year of the rat, man. I am I'm hope so. I hope so. There we go. I got him in a couple leagues. I'm, I'm trying to swoop on him late, you know, where I can because he's not a sought-after safety. Right. Yeah, well, and that's the big thing is that, oh, he can't cover. It's like, who cares? The dude missed one tackle in college. <laughs> one tackle. You know, and it's like that's stuff that people don't talk about enough. But uh, Richie Grant at 44, who would that be going to? Would that be going to the uh, – is that the Cowboys that I'm thinking? Just based Probably. on the, uh, the Abbey? Yeah, cause Stu loves the Cowboys. Anytime you see Stu, he's talking about the Cowboys. I hope he doesn't, Stu. I don't want anybody good on defense to go to the Cowboys. You guys don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I can second that. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny, Stu. Um, I hope he I, I hope he doesn't. God, that that would be a very, very good pick for them, too. But yeah. they don't make good they spot. don't make good picks. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. Why don't you tell uh remind everybody where to find you at, Bob? So you can find me on Twitter at BobVan underscore IDP. Um, right now I'm working on getting out as many draft profiles as I can leading up to the draft. Um, you can check me out at Dynasty Rewind, the YouTube channel. Um, we're cranking out mock drafts every Monday, um, either a fantasy football mock, NFL mock draft, um, rookie prospect breakdowns are going on. Um, get the load on, on all the incoming rookies on offense. Um, <laughs> how about them, Cowboys? Yeah, what are they doing? Um, <laughs> then you can check us out, you know, like I said, on the, on the YouTube there with Dynasty Rewind, uh, Fantasy Six Pack, we'll actually be doing a live draft, uh, show. Um, I believe, I'm sure you're probably doing something too, so I won't plug that too hard, but, uh, you know, so check out Hustler, check out us, whatever. That's what I'll be up to, um, that night. So thanks again for having me man always fun to come chop rookies with you um anytime i know we're on i think next week to thursday i believe yep i believe it's uh next thursday let me just double check that while we're here and yep next thursday the 22nd breaking down those rookie dls yep one week lead right before the draft it's draft season is finally going to come to a close all the ridiculous claims that the 49ers are going to draft Mac at three. We'll be over with until they do draft Mac Jones at three. And everyone's like, ha ha, look at this. Uh, God, could you imagine just 
I, I don't even I'm, want to think about. I'm playing the field right now. I'm saying that the 49ers are going to pick someone other than a QB. Everybody is saying QB. I'm saying really? it, it could be someone like Kyle Pitts. It could be someone like Sewell. No. Um, do, hey, why would they move up for Mac Jones? Why would they move up for Mac Jones? Think, they don't do. I think they'd move up for Fields. Maybe. He might, That's what I'm thinking. might not be there. He might be gone yeah, at number two. But Pitts, I, I mean, one reason why I oh. think uh, Pitts is like such a good fit for San Francisco, you don't need him to block. George Kittle's like literally one of the best, you know, blocking tight sure. ends. So he's just another piece that you'd be able to deploy in the middle of the field where they love to throw. They don't really care about the wide receivers, even though they went out and got Ayuk pretty high. Um, I still feel like they're all that that zone run and like throwing right down the middle. And could you imagine having someone in the middle of the field to where you couldn't double team George Kittle? And San Francisco is really like a win now team. And I know that they do need sure. someone for the future, but you're telling me that they don't want to win right now when they were like literally like fingertips away from that Super Bowl. And then all those injuries happened last year and like totally screwed them, you know, just out of any right. type of chance of like going for anything. So I'm playing the field right. because everyone's saying a quarterback. So when they don't pick a quarterback, everyone's going to remember me. <laughs> Hey, fair enough, man. I get, yeah, man. I just, I couldn't fathom that, honestly. I, I think it's Fields personally, but who knows? We'll find out. We'll see. I'm excited. We'll and, and there you go. Stu said, you don't give up that much draft capital for anything other than a QB. Well, anyone who you think is just unmissable, like that, that's really what it is. Someone who you can't miss. I feel like there's going to be like three or four out of these quarterbacks who end up turning into duds. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, I could see. I I see at most two. I think if any do, I think it'd be Mac Jones and Trey Lance personally. Well, um, actually, Wilson, I think, is in that bucket too. So maybe up to three. <laughs> um, and I think Mac Jones is going to be more of that, like he's just going to be a boring quarterback. Like he's not going to be, you know, great he's not going to be bad but he's going to be good enough to stick around you know kind of a thing um lance i think is a super you know boomer bust upside guy um you know and i think he needs a year to develop anyway um but man i i think they go fields but we'll see man we'll find out in two weeks we'll find out we'll know we'll know the answer you want to get some good debates tomorrow. I got um, the guys from the heart to start fantasy football podcast coming on and okay. they're in uh, Northern California. I'm in Southern California. They're huge San Francisco 49er fans. And uh, I'm just going to stir the pot because they, <laughs> according to them, they're taking the, you know, a quarterback. Um, I know I can't remember who that they had. They have three guys who are on their squad and I can't remember, but I feel like there's a, a little bit of a riff amongst who they think is going to be taken there too. So it's going to be good stuff going on tomorrow. Should be a blast. That'd be awesome. And I got to shout out one more time, the Ricky Williams, the 420 giveaway. So the got a mini helmet. We got a Saints football where it's also um, signed 420 and then got a Ricky Williams jersey. That one's not signed 420, but you already know it's Ricky Williams. So winner's going to be able to choose. And everyone who's already signed up in Patreon, you already got an entry in there. If you want some bonus entries, just go bump up your membership to the next tier. Or if you're not joined on YouTube, just hit the join button on YouTube. Get signed up there or go get signed up on Twitch TV. So those are the other ways that you can get bonus entries. So you join new, you get on YouTube, you get on Twitch, you're going to get five entries in there. So Go get signed up. Go join. We got this plus the football plus the jersey. Winner's choice. I'm so excited. We got a three and a half hour live stream on 420. We're going to be getting high from 420 Eastern time to 420 uh, Pacific time. And guests are going to be coming on throughout the entire show. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm excited. I bet, man. I hope you have a blast. Have a good one.
It's going to be amazing. And uh, Bob, can't wait to talk to you next week. Break down those rookie DLs. And, uh, yeah, get you guys ready for all the rookie drafts because I know as soon as the NFL draft happens, that's when it's really dynasty draft season. Um, I know everybody's waiting for that for a lot of startups, a lot of rookie drafts. Uh, I'm excited. Big things on the horizon. We'll see you guys later. (laughs) Hell, yeah. We'll see you guys later. Peace out. Defense on me. I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. If they cross the line of scrimmage, I'm going to take every last one of you out. You make sure they remember forever the night they played the Titans. Here comes the, here comes the, here comes the.